The Approaching the Natural podcast with Sid Garza-Hillman. Sid is the author of Approaching the Natural, a Health Manifesto, a certified nutritionist, health coach, and programs director at the Stanford Inns Wellness Center on the Mendocino coast of California. Hello, small steppers. Sid Garza-Hillman here, your host, this podcast. Here we go. Game on. Welcome to everybody who is here with me. Thank you for being here. If you're just joining me, uh, you'll pretty hopefully soon uh, understand my lack of grammar and also uh, what I do here every week, which is which is to come here every week, 199 weeks, 199 weeks, 200 just around the corner. But I don't want to detract from the specialness of 199 because that too is a special, special number. And you know, I want every number to feel like he or she is special. Okay, I don't want to, you know, give preferential treatment to 200 just because it has a nice evenness and kind of a thing to it. Okay, it's no, it doesn't have anything else that any other PC uh, environment kid has. Okay, <clears throat> I don't even know where that went. If you're just joining me, wow, woo! What do I do here? I come here every week to discuss my thoughts and perspectives and ideas about how to live better. I have a system that I developed over years. It's called small steps. Now, yes, you may have heard some other people talk about small steps. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, This is different. I guarantee it. It's nothing like you've ever uh, experienced before. That's not to say it's better, but I think it is. Okay? I know that's going to sound, oh, he's just so, I just think it is. I think everybody who talks about their system thinks their system is the best, and I hope that's true. And there's a sort of a natural uh competition about that. And I think that's cool too. And does my, has my system altered over time? Sure. There's been changes and nuances the more I think about this and I think about it all the time. And so as I come up with new ideas about this and, and just new subtlety, you know, subtle changes to my approach, I share them with you. Part of that's informed by you guys who write me emails and say, Hey, I did this. Um, and other, and other things are, um, you know, have to do with, with uh, you know, just just client work, right? So I work with private clients and, and, and it's all confidential, but there's general, uh, general ideas like the one that I'm going to share with you today. Um, and so, so yeah, so just think those things come up, right? And that's what I do here every week. I'm glad you guys are here. I have got work to do. If, if I'm sounding a little, a little nutty nut nut, I just got off the road, nine hours of travel, Took my kids, uh, my Lisa and I, my wife Lisa, who who you may recognize and know from the uh, vlogs, the video uh, on my YouTube channel. Which I don't really know if they're vlog. I was thinking about that for some reason this week. I was thinking a little bit more about the nature of what I do because it's. I, I think that it gets lost in translation in, in, in a way. Like people go, well, "What do you do? Like you just talking? You talking about like small steps and stuff? You know, like well, oh, you have a vlog. Like you just kind of vlog." And I go, "Well, it's yeah, but no." And that's that's all I've come up with right now. Yeah, but no, um, it's it's a lot more. Obviously, I've filled 199 weeks of this, you know, with very few comparative comparatively uh, interviews. And so, obviously, there's it's a it's a thick subject in my mind because our existence in in this world is thick, meaning there's a lot going on, a lot of struggles, a lot of 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 things we have to consider just to get by, a lot of work just to get by. And what I'm talking about here is not just getting by. I'm talking about thriving. I'm talking about living a happy, fulfilling life. And that's just on top of, that's just on top of the craziness that we have to deal with every week, right? In a good way. And I always want to make sure that people understand, like I don't walk around just doom and gloom, like that sucks and that's, I don't. But at the same time, I'm seeing what's happening, okay? Because I'm looking through this lens, this filter all the time because I'm a small steps coach, a health coach, certified nutritionist. I'm looking at the world through this filter. I'm very aware of it. I don't. I, it's just what I look at. I look at somebody who's just, you know, doing the crazy, and I'm going. One thing that would help is if you took better care of yourself. You know, and, and again, like I'm not an idiot. I don't think like if just people just ate more lettuce, there'd be no violence in the world. But I kind of think that's partially true. I actually think if you learned not how to diet, but if you learned how to truly take care of yourself, I mean, treat yourself well, there's, there's, there's a message that goes along with that, that I, that I'm trying to get through to you guys every week, that this is so much bigger than food. This is an ethic of self care that does affect the way that you act in the world and does affect how irritable and, and, and just 
on the verge of anger you are every day. Because if you feel better in your body, you're less apt to be stressed out as much by the stuff of the world. It's just, it's not really brain surgery if you think about it, but it's so often like the last thing that people go to. They, you know, they're going to try everything before they change what they eat, you know, or something or, or how they move their bodies. It's sort of like the last thing. I mean, look at, look at the, um, the billions, billions with a B of dollars we spend on things like deodorant and laxatives and Pepto-Bismol and things to deal with our indigestion and our gastric reflux and, and the billions and billions of dollars on medications. Are some of them necessary? Of course. Again, I'm not an idiot. I, this is the, what I do for a living. This is what the, my theme for this week's episode. I'm not an idiot. Hi, Sid Garza Hillman, you guys, host of your podcast, and I'm not an idiot. Uh, it's kind of a, you know, I'll put it this way. I, I know enough because of the work that I've been doing for years to know that there are ways that we could enter our lives and do day-to-day starting tomorrow or right now even that would make things a lot better for us, each of us individually. And that means less reason to you know, take Bep- Pepto-Bismol if we just changed our food. Wow, but if I did that, I wouldn't enjoy food as much. Okay, um, that's why I come here every week to argue against that, to say, well, wait a second. Not only would you eventually enjoy food just as much as you do now because your taste buds change, but you're going to enjoy your life better and food's going to be, yeah, one of the things that I'm doing of all the cool things I do because I feel so much freaking better and I have uh, uh, I have energy to do it. Um, total side note, and this is just how cra- how nutty nut nut I am if you guys don't know already. If you're just joining me, you're going to know because you, you already know. Six minutes in. Yeah, he's okay. He's, he, yep. We, I took, Lisa and I took the kids to Legoland. Uh, not so good. I mean... We stayed in the Legoland Hotel. That was cool. Very fun. Kids love that. The park, the theme park, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's like a theme park that had been around since the 60s. And so then if it had, I'd been like, well, it's been around 60s. It, it's, it's aged, but it hasn't been around since the 60s. There's no reason that it's letting itself go so much. It needs to take better care of itself, mind you. But at one point, the, my kids went on this ride, and I thought it was for kids only. And so I'm sitting there, and it's kind of this thing where you sit on this chair and like pull this rope. You pull yourself up on by your own strength. I mean, I'm like, could you? That's it's not really a ride. That's just called a job. Um, but anyway, so my daughter was in, and she goes, "Oh, can I? I want you to go." And I go, "I think it's for kids only." And she goes, "Well, no." She points over to this thing, and there's an adult over there. And I go, "Oh." So I quickly say to the woman running the the show there. Um, is there any chance I can jump in there? And she's like, yeah, you kind of have to hop the fence. Again, professionalism on Legoland's part. Just hop the fence. But, and this is just me. Again, it's just weird me. But I just vaulted the fence. The gate just vaulted right over. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Be there in two seconds. And 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 this is how weird that is of me at, at a, as a 48-year-old man Um feeling kind of happy that I can number one, you know, jump on a ride like that with my daughter and do the the rope thing and be active in my body enough to do that. But also that I can just hop a fence at 48 years old. It's again, I'm happy that I have this mobility. I am very attached to the real value of self-care, the real day-to-day quality of life thing. As I'm walking around this theme park, I'm, I'm seeing these people and I know that they're my age and I have Guys that, that are contemporaries of mine who have who are having strokes and heart attacks and dying of kidney failure, as a friend of mine did earlier this or la, la, late last year, it's real. Now I'm not going to say that I'm not going to get some disease tomorrow. I've said it before. I I have stress in my life. I'm trying to manage it just like you guys are. But at the same time, I do understand like there's value to me not placing all my joy in the food thing because as much as I enjoy food, I'm ready to chuck that bad boy right in the trash if it means me not being able to be active with my children. Again, you may not have kids, and so this doesn't directly relate to you. I'm saying find out the things that you are really getting meaning from in your life, really attaching value to it push comes to shove what would what would be the if if there's something and i hope there is that if somebody said look man you're gonna have to never eat anything but lettuce only lettuce but you'll be able to do this thing for as long as you can as long as possible are, are there those things and and the good news is i don't have to eat lettuce all the time but i do make an effort to eat well what i call the mott most of the time because of the very other th- these very real other things that are 
so valuable to me. I like being able to be a dad. And Lisa, I know, likes being able to be a mom who can, you know, go head to head with my kids in a field, you know, and just like do fun stuff because there's value there for me. I want you guys to attach to those things because those are the things that keep you doing what you do in terms of the actions you take to make yourself healthier and happier. If you don't attach the real quality of life issues around these things, then of course you're going to burn out from a diet because you're not attached to a long-term nature of this. It's just like a nightmare to do 21 days of just changing your life upside down. And so you, you, of course you're going to say like, forget it. You know, like I don't, I'm going to blow off this diet because this is, it's a nightmare because it is a nightmare. But if you attach the, the, the other things that you do in your life and say, well, I want to do those things, then you're willing to put in the work it takes to actually create long-term change by sticking with something long enough to make it long-term. Dig? Okay. I'm glad we, I'm glad we had that talk. Um, I'm drinking a beer. I'll be honest with you. And if you're just joining me and you're like, well, this, this is a podcast of health and he's drinking a beer. I'm shutting it off. Then two points I want to make. You should probably should because you're not giving me enough of a chance to tell you after 199 episodes. And again, like people actually listen to this. So kind of give me the benefit of the doubt here, friend. Uh, secondly, um, bigger picture. And I am talking about real health and happiness. I'm talking about balance. I'm talking about all sorts of stuff. Lots of concepts here. So check, check in with me. For the first like 70 episodes, I don't remember, I drank a single malt scotch. And talked about it. I could hide it. I could just not tell you guys that. And I did it because everybody does stuff that's unhealthy. Everybody does stuff that's unhealthy and unnatural. Everybody. Every single person living in the modern world does that. They might eat 100% healthy, but then they're doing other stuff that's unnatural and unhealthy in other ways and maybe causing themselves stress because of how militant they might be about food, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not telling you to drink beer. I'm telling you to find your balance. Find the thing that works for you. And I don't drink beer all the time. I don't drink it even every day, not even close. So again, these little like treaty treat kinds of things, they're fun. And I just got back from a trip and I'm kind of tired, nine hour travel day. And I was like, man, and it's been, I just got back from the heat. Man, was it hot in Los Angeles. I was at Harry Potter World. Uh, which we went from San Diego Legoland up to LA for Harry Potter World, 100 degrees yesterday, 10 hours. I mean, I'm in North, I'm Northern California. I'm like, I have adjusted. So I've been up here for 11 years now, and I am not still able to handle. Well, I mean, I can handle it, but I was, that heat was something fierce. I was like, wow, this is crazy. My children were frying. Um, yeah, so we got through that. Yeah, so trials and tribulations. Um, <laughs> anyway, so you guys are, um, thank you for being here. A couple quick announcements. You know how that is. I've got a meal plan, health made simple. Boom, nomeatathlete.com slash meal dash plan dash system. Launched that about a year ago with Mr. Matt Frazier, the No Meat Athlete, who, by the way, is uh, has written the foreword to my upcoming book, which I'm very excited about, uh, more excited this week than even last week, and I've been excited about it for a while, but it's called Raising Healthy Parents, Small Steps, Less Stress, and a Thriving Family. It's coming out, the publish date right now is September 19th. I'm assuming that's gonna stick. Uh, the publisher's running a little bit behind, um, but this week I saw like the, they're printing these things called ARCs, which I think stand for like advanced reader copies or the things that go out to press. So I've been proofing the like interior design and the, and the final cover art. And it's like, it's real and it's so exciting to me. It's, it's a crazy weird book. I don't want to say that it's, I'll put it this way. This is for real. Unlike any parenting book or healthy families book you've ever read. That's just straight up actual fact. Whether you like it or not, I have no idea. There's going to be people who are going to have a problem with this book. I know it, but that's, I don't know what to do about that. That's with Approaching the Natural to my first, my first book. Um, but that's so with this podcast and everything else, right? I do what I do, what feels natural to me. And if it's authentic for me, there's going to be people I attach to. It's just probably not going to be mass because I'm not like that kind of mass guy. Yeah, fine. Hey, you know, hey, I'm happy and I'm healthy and I can jump over a gate at Legoland. That's one of my, that crossed that off the bucket list years ago. I was like, someday I want to jump a fence at Legoland. And um, yeah, I made that happen. It was an expensive uh, bucket list thing, but uh, more on that in a moment. Um, my new uh, 
program that I'm about to launch, and I know I say it every week, but I'm telling you it's happening. I'm just giving you guys ample choice as I try to get this together. I, I Look, I emailed the, the programmer last week and said, we gotta get this going. Like I'm announcing this thing. I want to get the launch going. I didn't hear from him for like six days. And then he's like, your email went into the spam folder. And then I was on a trip. So it's just, it's delays like that, but for no other reason, like it's actually done. The reason why I'm not launching it today is because I'm not prepared yet to do like the weekly live Q and A's that are going to start as soon as I do the formal launch. So I need to sort of get a few things, last things ironed out. All I'm telling you is go to SidGarzaHillman.com where you can find out all about me and my social media, if you want to follow me on all that kind of stuff, it's all there. You can donate to the podcast. You can buy Approaching the Natural stuff like my Nutty Nut Nut t-shirts, my What Would I Do bracelets and mugs and all this kind of cool stuff. Nothing nutritional related. That's a thing. But just merch, merch fun merch for the podcast. Dig? But put your email address in there. You get a free chapter of my first book, Approaching the Natural Health Manifesto. But... I will be announcing soon. And so a bunch of email, uh, a bunch of mailing list things have been coming in. So thank you guys. Please do it. This is going to be the worst thing ever when I say this, but you can always unsubscribe after. I just need you to be on there because this is going to not be via the podcast. I mean, I may make one announcement on the podcast if it happens that that's the week that I do it, but that's it. It's a better thing for you guys to get on the mailing list so you can hear about the offer that I'm going to do, which is going to be at least 50% off to get people in this first thing. This is gonna be mostly word of mouth. I do not have a big budget on this. I'm not gonna spend thousands of dollars advertising because I just don't have it. It's a freaking awesome program. I've done 199 episodes, you guys. You guys know I don't go for the big sell. I, I do not sell big time on here. I hope you trust me on this, okay? I do Health Made Simple because I freaking stand behind it and I'm doing this too because I stand behind it. I'm not wheeling dealing here every week and doing a bunch of, hey, buy this, buy that. I feel weird about that kind of stuff. I don't feel comfortable about it, but these are things that are important to me and help me in the work that I do in terms of you know giving me an income. I'm not gonna apologize for that. Um, and I don't think you guys would want me to apologize for it. Okay, so hopefully I've established a trust with you guys that I'm not gonna be like, you should do this, and I don't really believe in it because it's just not the case, okay? All right, um, so with that said, get on my mailing list and you're gonna get a thing uh, soon about that. Okay. Um, some, some other quick, I'm going to whip through some quick announcements. Triangle Veg Fest. I'll be in Durham, North Carolina, August 26th and 27th. That's trianglevegfest.com. I'll be in Los Angeles, September 16th and 17th for the California Veg Food Fest. That's cavegfoodfest.com. I'll be in San Francisco for the World Veg Fest on October 1st. I still haven't written the website down on that, but if you search on World Veg Fest, then it could be worldvegfest.com. I'm honestly, I apologize for that. I should know the URL. Don't. And then I'll be in Portland. Um, October 14th and 15th for the Northwest VegFest. That's nwveg.org slash VegFest. I think Lisa's going to come up with me on that one. I was like, why don't, I, why don't we just both fly up there and hang out for a couple days and, and she'll, she'll be at the table. So, you know, one guy wrote, uh, saw my music video, the music video I've talked about, um, and he's and it's kind of a sad song about a breakup. And he was, I hope that's not autobiographical, a bio, autobiographical, because the only reason we watch your vlogs is because of Lisa. And I was like, Yeah, I gotta fix that problem with Lisa. I was joking. I'm not having problems with Lisa yet, right? Okay. Mm. Pessimism. That's my thing. Um. Okay. So I do want to talk about the trip a little bit that I just took, and I, the music video on my uh, YouTube channel, by the way, is um. Sorry, my new YouTube vlog is about the trip. But again, kind of weird about the vlog. Like it's not, a, it's, I want to make sure there's messages with what I do. I mean, I rarely do a vlog where it's like, and then I do this and then I do this. It's like my thoughts about this kind of world that I'm living in. What, so a few, so a few little notes. I talk about diets and quick fixes primarily because I am very fascinated with the psychology of them. They're very prevalent in obviously in the world. There they're, they're thousands of books and these kinds of things. I want to consider the nature of what that is for us and I and I, as a species, us as human species, right? Um, they, they encapsulate the very nature. Uh, it's like what they encapsulate, that excitement, that, that promise um, encapsulates the very thing that I want to encapsulate too and, and, and and maintain with you guys. I, I don't want you to lose that excitement and this idea of, of hope 
that there's a way out for you in terms of the things that you might want to change about your life and your health and your happiness and your energy and all these kinds of things. I want to enca- I want to grab that and 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 really look at it and but then I just want to say okay, let's keep that true and authentic but apply it to an actual solution. That that's the only difference. I mean, it really is. It's not I know I jokingly say like that my approach isn't sexy and and probably not jokingly. Like it's just not that sexy, but but it's real and it's actual solution and it is about hope and it is the most optimistic system that I've found out there because it is so much of you discovering who you each of you are individually and also the power and strength that you have already. And that's the cool thing about this. But I am fascinated with the whole quick fix diet phenomenon because it is about this promise. It does capitalize literally and figuratively, but you know, again, billions of dollars spent on these things because what they're promising is this change that we all want. I wouldn't come here every week if I thought everybody's already satisfied because I know that they're not because I see people yo-yo diet over and over again because I see people try this exercise DVD or this self-help plan over and over again with no support at all. To, to to make these things long lasting and real. And that's where I step in and say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna preserve that excitement you have and, and preserve that drive in you to, to make your life better. That's incredible. And I love I love that about us as humans. Like we do have this thing. And I think it's in everybody. I actually really do think it's in everybody. I think that some people sort of deaden that and resign themselves and and justify like, well, that's just who I am. And I don't, I think that's a bunch of crap. I think deep down they're like, this is not who I am. And you can only convince yourself that of so long before your body's like, oh, really? Because look at this level of energy that I'm going to do because you live in conflict every day with who you really are. So I'm going to make me not, un, I'm going to, the stress is going to get the best of me, your body says. And you're going to pay the price for for not respecting that drive in you, which is to live the best life you can. I think it's there. Is that naive of me? Maybe. Don't know. Don't care. It's just for years of me doing this, I see this. I sparks. I love that. Just like, boom. And that's what's there when people get that diet. There is that spark. And of course, you want it as fast as possible. I've said it a thousand times. I'm going to revisit it here. But I am really, really interested in the nature of quick fixes and what they they encapsulate that drive. I love that and I want to acknowledge that and capture that in my work too, but just convince you over time that there's a better way to apply that drive. Dig? The second thing about this podcast and about my, my YouTube videos, um, because I... Frankly, if I just did a vlog, it would be to me the most boring vlog ever. Because I don't—I live in a small town, and I'm raising three kids with my wife, and we both work full time, and 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 it's there's not a lot of like I'm not traveling. I mean, I travel for the speaking, but I'm not traveling to exotic. You know, like the typical vlogs. It's sort of I'm getting on this airplane in first class, and I'm boop to do to do do do. You know, with a Ferrari and whatever. I don't really watch a lot of vlogs. I think that most vlogs are first class tickets and Ferraris. I could be wrong about that. Um. But what I am trying to achieve by showing you my day to, some of my day-to-day and giving you the messages that I give to you in my vlogs and, of course, in this podcast, is that I, I, I really believe this to be true, and that's this. This is not that big of a deal. Living healthy and happy in the world is not that big of a deal. I really I think that the, the, the perception by most people is that it's a massive, it's just so, it's for people who can afford it, who, for people who have a ton of time, for people who are interested in this only, and I just am here to say that's absolutely not true. Um, I am a pretty regular guy. Uh, my wife, we both, again, both work full time. We're raising three kids. We're not like just, hey, man, we're living on a compound in a yurt. Like I'm not that guy. And I, there's no, I've no, ju- I literally have no judgment there. I'm just saying this is just what we do. And I did this in Los Angeles when I was an actor and a musician. I was still eating really well and I was, and I was running, um, you know, exercising and stuff and still playing music, rock and roll music at night and, and acting full time. It, it's, it's not, you don't have to do what I do as a job to live this way. I want you to understand that I'm here to normalize this. It is not abnormal to be a healthy and happy human being. It's become abnormal because of if you run the numbers, the people who are healthy and happy in this world are way outnumbered by the people who are not. 
And that's because of a whole host of reasons, because of the food system that we have, because of pharmaceuticals, because of, of our technology that we don't have to move our bodies anymore, this whole host of reasons, hence my book Approaching the Natural to sort of recapture the things that are natural in us. But so many times I've heard, you know, this person has an extreme diet. Well, in most cases, that extreme so-called diet is only extreme in today's world where we're living as nutty nut nut as we possibly can. But in terms of our species, most of those so-called extreme diets are not extreme at all. Um, you know, there's a fruitarian guy named Michael Arnstein who's, you know, smoking 100-mile races. He's, you know, he eats mostly fruits, leafy greens, and, you know, like no nuts and seeds, no grains. And that's pe- most people. It's an extreme diet. Well, okay, okay, as yes, he's different from most people living in the modern world. But that's not an extreme diet for our species. It's just not. Le- eating fresh fruit and leafy greens is not extreme. It's actually really close to probably how we evolved most times as we were living, you know, close to the equator and had fruit you know, around you know, around us all the time, we were probably doing that most of the time, something like that, at least closer. So it's not extreme. So what I want to do in this podcast a lot is to sort of normalize this idea and to make it normal for you guys that no matter what you do, this is not what I've done my whole life. I wasn't always a, a small steps coach and an author and the things that I do. I, was, I just wasn't. I've worked a bunch of different jobs. And I just want you guys to know that no matter what you do, you can do, you can live healthy and happy doing that thing. And I then argue that you can actually do what you do even better if you're feeling good. Got an email from an ex-client who we worked together like in 2013, I think it was. Like it's, it was like, oh no, sorry. It was like a couple years ago. Um. You know what, actually, I, okay, so here's the 2013. I got an email just while I was on my trip, and I need to just send some love to a client that um, passed away recently in, in horrible fashion. I worked with her in 2013. I got an email from her children. I didn't even know that I was like on their list or whatever, but she and her husband were uh, killed in a car accident, and it was just like this crazy thing, and she was a lovely woman, and um, I just breaks my heart, and... Um, yeah, I don't know what to say about that, but that's where the 2013 thing came up because I looked back about you know when I had worked with her and and just all of a sudden and they were just like traveling home and it was just this freak accident and so anyway so that's the sad note, but sending my thoughts to her family and her kids and stuff and um, but on a positive note I got an email from uh, an ex client in Florida who one of the things that he wrote about when we were working together was that in his first task was that he wanted to start his own practice. And and it wasn't the way he wrote it in the first task, of course, was I have my own practice. I, you know, this and this and this, as if it's happening now. That's the the name of the game. If you're just joining me, go back and listen to old episodes. But sure enough, a couple years later, boom, got his own practice, got his own freaking practice. I mean, I'm telling you, this system works. This system, when you do it, when you actually do it, not when you kind of half do it, but when you actually do it, works because you understand the long-term nature of this. The pressure of getting these external results in 10 days goes right out the window. You start seeing results in, in the what, what, it, what occurs first, which is the results are in your head, the way you're thinking about things, the way you're looking at things. Those are the immediate results and they're real and you get that. In the, in the program I'm launching, the online 12-week program, you're going to see tons of results. But I got to tell you, you probably won't lose a pound. I mean, you may, but you may not. Completely not the goal. Like completely not. You're going to see results in the first day that you start this program. Results being, like I just said, how you think about things, how you notice things, what you are, how you look at your life. And then you go, oh man, and you're starting to be aware of who you truly are and these kinds of things before a single change in your life happens before a single person goes up to you and goes, my gosh, you look so fantastic. What diet are you on? That stuff's so later and you don't even care anyway because it just becomes less important. So another email from a client that I just finished working with a couple months ago and she's made a pretty big shift in her diet and something she's been wanting to do for a while and she acknowledges what I've said before, which is the one misconception about my uh, approach is that, you know, that you can't have a very, very comparatively huge step, but it's a small step if it's for you minimally stressful. So she made to the outside world like, oh my God, that's a massive shift for her. Not at all. Why? Because she's done the groundwork. So she freaking did the groundwork. And what she said was, it's kind of, it's like effortless in a way. Why? 
because she's done the groundwork, because she did the thinking, because she did the preparation, because she's watching herself feel these cravings for things that she doesn't actually want. And instead of giving into those things and being in conflict, she's super clear that they're not her. It's a very much of an easy uh, transition. Well, I'll put it this way. It's an easy act once you've sort of got through the transition of, of getting very clear about who you are. Understand this, that when you do a diet, um, that's a doing thing. You, you do a diet, okay? It's fine. 21 days, you follow the things, day four, day five, et cetera, et cetera. What I'm talking about is small stepping is thinking and doing, okay? Uh, exercise DVD. You don't like sit for a few weeks and go, let me think about this and really place it in my life and see where it's going to, you know, how it's going to play out and, and really what my values are, right? No, you go, oh, six-pack abs, oh, here's the before and after, after photo, Boom, I'm in it. Diet, quick fix, boom. Exercise DVD, boom, you're in it. And you're doing it, and you do it. But without the thinking, that's that's the rub. Without the thinking is you're left to dry when that thing's over, or you're left to dry because you haven't, like I said earlier in this episode, you haven't attached it to the bigger picture of your life and really what you're doing this for in the first place and that kind of craving. I will say that as I talked about earlier about, about the nature of quick fixes that I am so drawn to, just to, I'm fascinated by it because I think they're the 21st century drug and, and really the 20th century too. They're the drug of, they're like the, the safe drug of our time. They are the people yo-yo diet because they go from one thing to another because it gets them high. That excite, We crave that excitement. We, we just do. We love that. I mean, that's a ride on, that's a ride at an amusement park. These humans are getting on these roller coasters to feel excitement, to be put in a situation where it's like out of the norm and you and you feel exhilarated. Even if you're scared, it's like that thing and you kind of know it's safe, but you're, it's scary too. And you get off and you're like, ah, and that's that thing. And I, I, I love that about us. I just want to make sure it's directed in a way that serves you long-term. That's all. And so anyway, so she, she did this, that, that thing and it's so cool. And, and most people would go, oh my gosh, that's a huge shift. Oh my gosh, that's a big thing. Oh my gosh, that's really extreme. For her, it's just the next step in her work. And it seems big, but not as big as it used to before she embarked upon this process. Yeah, that's what she's saying. And I just want you guys to understand that you, in your process where you are, let's say you're beginning this kind of way of thinking as a small stepper, you may not be ready for a shift yet. You may not be ready for a new way of eating. You may not be ready for a new way of moving your body. You just may not be ready. That's not a bad thing. That's, an, that's a powerful acknowledgement to say, you know, I'm not ready to do this yet, but I'm ready to start working toward it. It's the education of this process. It's like, you know, you start a class and you go like, okay, I'm ready to take the final first day. Yeah, give it to me. I got it. No, it's like, no, I, I'm not ready to take the final. I got to go through the semester. I got to go 14 weeks of learning this stuff and getting the information. Okay, now I can take the final. But we want to just jump to the final. We just want to pass the class without doing the 14 weeks. You can't cheat that. You can't freaking cheat it. You can't do it. I mean, you can try. You can take the final and you're going to, chances are you're not going to pass right? Because you haven't done the groundwork of what it is to understand these things and to then achieve the success long-term with that kind of knowledge inked in your body. This process, you learn stuff that you'll never unlearn. I mean, you learn stuff in this process that is now it, it factually changes the nature of you. Like you, you don't think the same way ever. And, and, and this is the, I mean, that's excellent, right? You don't think the same way about yourself or your life. You see things in a very different way and you'll never go back on that. You, I mean, there's a responsibility about that. I've talked about that before. Like once you are on that level, it's very easy to also recognize the places that you're in conflict about that you you know better now and you're like, now I know when I do. And that's my that was my the client I just talked to you about. Like she knows better than ever before that the things that she was doing even three months ago are now brought into a light where she sees them as the real conflicts that they are, which before was sort of pushed down and she knew it back then too. But in the safe, long-term, small-stepping, incremental way, it's allowed her to see it better, not overnight, see it better in a real, real way. And she may backtrack in two weeks, but that's again the beauty of the small steps I've talked about a thousand times, which is that we 
it's a most of the time issue and it's she's still in the process. The process has not ended just because she made this shift. It's just she understands that there could be a little backtrack and that's going to be, I've talked about falling off the wagon. There's no wagon, right? It's just what it is. It's back and forth, back and forth. And overall, it's improvement over time. Dig? Okay. Glad you dig because I just want to be clear about that. Okay. Mm. So let's get into the um, this episode. Uh a little bit. Oh, and also, by the way, thanks to everybody who has made some very nice comments uh, about my music video. I can tell the people who, who well, I did a vlog after that that talked about the process and just this whole thing that was wrapped up in the music video and I talked about it in the podcast. So I can sort of tell you guys who follow me on YouTube also um, being very nice and supportive and, and said some very nice things about the song, but I think you get the bigger picture that more important than the song itself was this process for me. And so I, I appreciate that you guys get this in terms of what I'm doing. And I hope that that's you taking note that for you, it's the same thing. That if there's things that you love doing, it's not about the quality of those things. I mean, I am happy with the song and everything, but I'm much more happy with the fact that I was songwriting again and how that makes me feel and and how I it just the positive change that happened that's happened in my life and I want you guys to experience the same thing with whatever that is for you um and I was very transparent about the fact that I was very nervous about putting this thing up it's been a long time since I've publicly gone out with anything even remotely related to songwriting and so uh, thank you for your your comments. I'm sure there's going to be somebody who's like that song sucks, and they're just I'm just like yeah, I don't know about what that, that what can I do about it? Doesn't matter, right? We're small steppers. We do we are about the work here, guys. We're about the work and our lives. We're about the happiness in our lives and the work that we do and how that work equals happiness. If we're doing things that mean something to us, then we become happy about it, and when we become happy about it. The it's sort of like incidental if that thing is successful, so-called or not. Just like if we take care of ourselves well and treat ourselves well as much as we wanted to lose weight before, and it's kind of cool, but it becomes incidental. It's like, oh yeah, and I lost weight. You know, it's like that that thing. It's like you're the core is in place, and then all of a sudden the body, you know, matches up with that core. But you gotta think. You can't just do, right? Am I right about that? I think so. Okay. Title of this week's episode, The Hunger Games. Whoa, Hunger Games. I want to talk about just this, um, basically a battle to the death. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. That's a complete joke. It's a reference to the movie, you guys. You think I really want to talk about that? No. I was thinking this week while I was on my trip, and I have to be clear, I, tra I was traveling with my family on a full-on vacation, and it's not like I'm brooding in the corner about things like I'm not like oh and you know like it's I think about this stuff I'm also with my kids and my wife but there's moments where I'm walking around the park and the kids are off doing something and we're hanging and I'm just kind of oh this thought pops in my head so this is one of those things I just want you to you know understand understand that um but I finally figured out one of the things I love most about my newest incarnation of my dialback day which if you guys have been following me my dialback day is one day a week where I sort of reset my own clock. And and by the way, this podcast is that for, for people. This can be this for you. And, and what I like to do in this podcast, aside from give you my perspectives about the modern world and also a solution, like I said, to living better, but I also want to, in, in a way, present things to think about this week. You know, this is kind of, I was thinking about the nature of this podcast, like, because sometimes I go like, why would anybody listen to this week to week? Like, I, it still kind of blows my mind, but they do. And I'm happy that it helps people and, and people are doing incredible stuff um, as a result of sort of taking on their lives in this fashion. I think it's freaking awesome. But anyway, it is a way for me to communicate. Okay, wait, this week, you know, think about things this way and look at this, just moments. Take moments to be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I noticed that. Oh, that felt good. Oh, that didn't feel good. You know, that's little... If you, it is so long term that I, I have no plans on shutting this podcast down because it's just helping people all over the world and not because people listen to one time and go, okay, I got the gist. It's like, you know, you don't get the gist because the gist is 
not just the concepts, but embodying them and finding these, you know, you understand, I always talk about moments, finding these moments in your life. You can understand that concept. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Finding moments. Got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I can't. I can't rely on just a one-week vacation to recover from all. Okay, I, I got it. But But you don't get it unless you actually invest in the process to actually learn how to steal moments. And take them when you can, where you can. That's when the magic happens. And it seems like magic because it freaking is because it's such a different way of, of, of approaching your life day to day. But it is a long-term nature. And so I hope and do know that for many, this podcast is that thing of like, okay, I'm going to think about this this week and this this week. And that embodies the long-term nature of this. And then the changes happen. And if you just got it down, like I said, then maybe you bow out of the podcast because you're like, okay, now I'm living this way. And, and he's not really that... Um, funny, and he's not very nice, frankly, and he drinks beer. So why would I continue listening to a podcast of that nature? Uh, the Hunger Games. Listen. Uh, so this is why I love my dial back day. I, I, I have, I've, I've. First of all, it sets my clock for the week, so it kind of dials back things, and I go, okay, ba 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 ba. Before things get kind of wacky, it's just week to week, you know, because of the way we design and and sort of organize our lives. With we go to work, and then we have weekends. And, and time and calendars, and these are, you know, human-created things, a calendar. We put dates on things and times on things and schedules. and th- But so, okay, fine. But we can also see that if we sort of start each week after the weekend where we supposedly have kind of recovered, even though it would, it would lead us to believe that laundry would have something to do with our recovery because we end up doing that on weekends and don't totally feel recovered but whatever. But it's nice. It's one day I kind of just do this thing of like busy, crazy week, weekend, busy, boom, Monday. That's for me. Monday is my day. Dial back. Now, what do I do in my newest incarnation? I don't eat all day until dinner. Uh, If you're just joining me, I I, I don't want you to be freaked out about it. I'm not on some like super low caloric restriction diet. I am doing time restrictive eating, which I eat only during certain, you know, in, in a pretty small window, nine or 10 hour window during the day. Finish usually finish eating by usually because the most of the time dig by seven seven thirty at the latest start eating by eleven in the morning and that's kind of what I do but it's not caloric it's not caloric restriction I'm not counting calories never have never will think it's a waste of time think portion control waste of time it's crazy who would want to do it nobody would want to do it nobody does it work yeah if you're looking to lose weight on a scale but not if you're looking to be happy and healthy and do cool things in your life last thing you're gonna want to do is count freaking calories but I digress. What I like about the day that I don't eat until dinner, two things. I've gotten used to it, so I go through the day and it's no problem. However, there are times when I do feel hungry. And 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 I and I I love how I eased into this thing. First I was like all fruit and now I'm just kind of I just don't eat. I just drink water until dinner. Um I love feeling hungry. It's just this weird thing. I love feeling hungry, kind of the way that I love feeling cold when I've been doing my, if you're just joining me, I've been doing cold therapy for almost an entire, almost, I'm coming up on a year. I think it was July 15th. That's so funny. I just realized one year where I've never missed a cold shower day or cold something, ice bath or getting in the river or whatever. Um, I like that feeling. Um, why? Because it, it, this is going to sound kind of hippie, so sorry, but it keeps me in the now. When when I feel hungry, a couple things happen. I'm present because I'm feeling something. I haven't deadened it. You know, we have a little momentary feeling of hunger, and what do we do? We well, we have act. We don't have to look for food anymore. Usually, we go into our glove box, and there's freaking whatever. Um, or we go by the multitude of mini marts, or we go into our refrigerators or our cupboards or whatever. Food's around all the time, so that little pain of hunger, which probably pang, which is probably isn't actually hunger because true hunger is a whole nother world I've talked about, but it's not usually actual hunger. It's craving, but okay. Little pang, just like a little pang of discomfort, by the way, from gastric reflux, we can put that, that fire out with a little bit of digel or Tums. It's that same kind of idea. Again, we feel a little bit of discomfort. Boom. So I like this feeling of hunger. And on top of that, each day that I do this, I like the feeling that I, a couple things happen. I can get through it because I've proved that to myself. I'm okay being a little hungry. I can handle it. Um, and But it's also just this kind of acknowledgement that not everything has to be all okay all the time for me to be happy. 
So I know I can get through the hunger and I know that I can be happy and still be a little hungry. But here's what I'm going to do today is I'm going to broaden that out into not physical hunger necessarily, but hunger for life, hunger, a hunger for things that are more important than one thing, in this case, food. I like feeling hungry because it shows that it brings me to present. I'm, I, I, first of all, on a very logistical, like practical level, I don't have to make food or think about food all day. So it's pretty great. Like it saves me a lot of time that I can actually think about other things because I'm not taking the time to eat and clean up and shop and prepare and all those kinds of things. So there's a, that, that's kind of cool. But I can prove to myself every week that I'm, I'm okay. It's going to be fine. I, I, I know that I'm not calorically restricting. I know I'm going to get the calories. I'm just not going to get them yet. And that's fine. And, and it's, not, it's not just fine. It's incredible. It's enlivening. It's actually, it's, it's energy creating. I feel more energetic in this weird way. And I think it's because I'm not calorically restricting. I'm not eating less calories overall, maybe slightly, but not, not, not for not a purpose. I mean, I feel fine. If I felt low energy, I would eat more, but I'm, I'm not actually have more energy doing this. I think I said in a few episodes ago, like, I think I've just been eating too much, <laughs> like in general, because I'm eating, like I missed that day and it was my best day. Like I feel a ton of energy. Um, but I love knowing that I can make it through it. I love knowing that it's okay. It's, it's, it's going to be fine. I kind of tell myself like, yeah, you feel hungry, but you're not going to die and you have access to more food than you could ever need. And it's going to be okay if you just feel this a little bit. And what that does is enables me to understand the power of being able to feel something that is, we've put a negative spin on and still do the things that I love to do. And that's, that's kind of what I want for you guys is this dial back day is to say like, if I don't feel 100% satisfied in the food realm, does that mean that I can't be 100% satisfied today? No, it doesn't. It just means I better get that satisfaction somewhere else because it ain't from here. And boy, I think I've put too much importance on this one thing that I think that I need every day to be satisfied, but yet I'm really not satisfied probably because I've put too much attention to this one thing. Maybe if I do less of that thing, it's going to naturally create a vacuum that's going to need to be filled by something else. Okay, what is what are those other things? That that's the when when I coach people privately, and what you're going to find out if you sign up for the thing that I'm launching is what are those other things? That's when all of a sudden you go, okay, wait a second, wait, games changed. This is not about food. Now it's a hunger. Now it's like okay, this hunger inside you. So I've talked about it before, like. I want I want the I want to get the fight back in you and me. I want the fight back. The fight back is me going I'm nervous about launching a music video. I'm nervous about somebody giving me a bad review on my book or podcast or the music video. I'm scared about that. It doesn't feel good. Yeah, and I'm fighting. I'm taking it to the mat. I'm not not going to not do stuff because I'm worried about something that might or might not happen that has nothing to do with me if I'm authentic enough to create something that is real to me and that makes me happy, then it really isn't that important. And, and, and it's weird, but that does apply to my podcast and it does apply to my YouTube channel and it definitely applies to my music. Is those things that are sacred to me, if I am creating them in the space of my mind where I'm very clear, because I've done the work, the work and the thinking over years, okay? What is really me and not me, in this process, then it really doesn't matter at all sort of the feedback aspect of it. Yes, I totally appreciate your reviews and it makes me feel really good when they're positive, I'm, of course, and it doesn't make me feel good when they're negative. And But frankly, like I also, it helps the podcast get out there and I'll blah, 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 all that kind of crap. I don't even know if that's even true, but when you guys take the time to review, I think it's fantastic. I review stuff never negatively. I never do a negative review because... I want to just commend somebody for doing something cool if if I think it's cool and don't if I don't. And that and that's it. And if it if I think it sucks, then it's just not my bag and I won't go back there. You know? So I, this whole like negative commenting thing is cuckoo. And it and it doesn't. So what I have to do is work that work through that in my own life and say like, okay, negative review comes in. Okay, here's the thinking process. Oh, that doesn't feel good. Oh, second guess myself. Oh, what am I doing? Blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, can't please everybody. And most people uh, positively, positively review it. But even more important than that, and I'll just be clear, is I feel good about what I'm doing. It's in line with who I am as a person. And that has to be enough. 
It has to be enough because if it's not enough, it means that I'm going to craft and change my approach to try to please people that I just don't know how to really do that except to be, my, to be more who I am in the work that I do. How is this related to health and happiness? Because this is about this is this is about health and happiness. This is about you guys getting into yourself so much that the way you live is more authentic to you every day. And when that does happen, you start living in line with your values and your actions start to reflect who you truly are. You know what that means for 99.999% of people? Living healthier and happier. It means taking better care of yourself because you get clear about who you are. Deep, deep down, past the messaging that you learned when you were seven years old, past the criticism that you never invited. I talked about last week. Just what are you eating at? People go up and they're on the attack. You're immune to that stuff. To to a, I'll, I'll put it this way: you're immune to it enough that it doesn't affect your actions. Okay, when I get a bad review, I'm not immune to it. I don't go, don't care. I do care. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. But here's the thing. It doesn't affect my actions. It doesn't make me say, then forget it. I'm not doing the podcast ever again. Screw it. I got a bad review in my book. Screw it. I'm never going to write a book again. No, I go, well, no, I'm going to write a book because I think I have something to say. And sure, like a lot of people have been affected positively and that absolutely plays into it. And the thing is, if, if nobody buys the book, then that sucks, but kind of not in a weird way. So cool how you can get to that point, right? In your life, because you can there was a hunger aspect to this trip that I just took. And the hunger aspect of it is, is that I want to, like my twins hadn't been on an airplane before. They had never been on a, on a roller coaster. There was like these first, they, they, we don't get out a lot. We did the trip to the mountains, but you know, not that much. Like we don't do, we sort of do regular stuff that's close by, be, frankly, because it's just expensive. Like we just don't, we literally don't have the money to do this stuff and actually don't, did not have technically, not technically, just did flat out, did not have the money to do this trip. I'll be very honest with you. It was not like we had money laying around and we were like, well, might as well spend it on a trip. Um, there's a very much of a discomfort for Lisa and me doing this. And it, and again, it played into my general overall approach in a very, very real way. And partly why I, I, titled this episode, The Hunger Games, because this was a thing that we wanted for our kids and we did it and it wasn't necessarily the most practical thing, the smartest thing. Of course, I'm not, I'm going to pay it off and it's going to be fine, but it's not without a struggle, a very real struggle. Like now we got to buckle down this kind of thing. But more importantly than that, I wanted to communicate that to my children in a way that wasn't like, just so you know, guys, you can't afford this. It It wasn't that at all. It was like, they know that that while I wish that we could do these trips as, as, as every month, be amazing. I want my I want my children at the same time to know why we can't, and I want them to understand that the that the work that we do, Lisa and I, to support this family is hard work and it's struggle, and we do it because there's the benefits way outweigh the the struggle every time. And that's again, I'm going to come back to the diet that I talked about earlier in this episode. Like when you attach the value the value beyond the thing, then you then you can stick with something long enough. And I understand that I want to give my children experiences and I understand that they're not going to come easy and that doesn't affect the work that I do, which is to take my children as when I can on these, on these kinds of trips to do these kinds of things, to have these kinds of experiences. I mean, that's, that's sort of in my own work and work with my clients and with you guys and my vlogs. It's all part of the same picture. I want you guys to understand that message that not everything, it's like the somebody who goes, we're not, we're waiting to have kids until we're, you know, until everything's set. It's never set. It's never, I've never met somebody who's like, okay, every single thing that I do right now is in place. I have everything in place and now I'm 100% ready to have a child. Usually it's like if you, you kind of have the child and then you sort of get everything as working as much as you possibly can. Because it never quite works out that, well, I'm going to stop smoking when my life gets together. I'm going to start eating better when I get a better job. No, you don't kick the can. I don't say, I'll give my children experiences when I have a million dollars laying around in the bank that I'm never going to touch because I don't need it. Okay, then I'll spend some money on a trip. I can't do that. I can't do that because my life goes away. When I was a musician back in the 2000s was when my band was pretty active. I charged our records on a credit card. Then I would sell the records to a record label and say, here, do you want this? And they would go, granted, I wouldn't sell it. They would just sort of do it. We'd work out that kind of deal. 
but I had to just like take, I didn't have money. I didn't have 10,000 bucks or whatever it costs us to do an album in minimum, minimum. I charged it. Was it a risk? Yes. Did it feel uncomfortable? Yes. Did I know how I was going to pay it off? No. And I did it anyway. Why? Because if I hadn't, I never would have done any of the things that I did that I look back on for me and go, I'm so glad I did that because I got past that stuff and then got into the stuff that I do now. I'm not sitting around going, gosh, I wish I could have done those things and now I'm working some crappy job. I'm like, no, I next incarnation is me doing this stuff that I do with you guys every week, the podcast, the vlogs, and everything else. It's these experiences come about when there is hunger. These experiences come about when you don't try to deaden the discomfort and say, if I feel in conflict with the way that I eat, I'm just going to get drunk every night because I don't want to think about it. I'm just going to eat more cheese because the opiate in the cheese, you know, deadens that kind of feeling. It's day to day is what I'm talking about. Okay. Not again, most of the time, right? Um, it's, it's allowing that hunger to present because when that hunger presents, that's where drive comes from. Remember that I talked about the nature of the of the quick fixes is I want to encapsulate and grab that drive I want for you. I want you guys to say this drive is in me and it's okay if I feel hungry now and then. It's okay if I if I just allow myself to just not eat for another hour even though I want to eat so bad right now. I'm just going to kick that down the line just like a half hour. See if I can make it cuz you can. You know you can. Of course you can. And when you see it and don't do it like I do necessarily all day, maybe you kick it literally by 15 minutes, 20 minutes, just to kind of see, oh, wait, if I feel this, not try to hide from it, but actually feel it, well, wait a second, that's not so bad. I'm okay. I'm doing other stuff. In 20 minutes, 30 minutes, I'll eat something, and that feeling will go away like it always does, but I just showed that I can actually get past that with no damage whatsoever, and in, in fact, a greater recognition of the strength that I have to pull that thing off. It's okay to be a little hungry in our lives. Not only okay, it's incredible. Make yourself a little hungry. Make yourself acknowledge, at least acknowledge that in you there is a drive to make your lives better. To get up tomorrow morning and try to do better than you did the day before. And it's okay to be hungry, and I'm not talking about food, I'm talking about the metaphor of, of hunger to say, there's things that I want hungry for this. I don't want my kids to think that this is easy, that, that, that when we go on trips, it's just, yeah, it's how it is. I don't want my kids to grow up entitled. Like, yeah, you have just, just go, with trips, it's what we do. I, I want that hunger because that's where meaning and achievement comes from. That, that, that is where work ethic comes from. That is where the true joy that we had from taking our kids on this trip comes from is that it isn't easy, that it, there is struggle associated with that, that I'm going to be paying off literally and figuratively this thing that we just did, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. Like paying off my credit cards after I would do an album. Wouldn't trade it for the world. And I want my children to understand that I'm not talking about being so stupid that you just cause a bunch of people pain and rip off people and still I always paid things off, always. But it's just not easy. I didn't wait until I had enough money in the bank to then do it. I was like, I can't get this done. I'm hungry. I want this. I want it. I want it. And you guys want the things that you want. If that's weight loss, fine. If it's greater energy, greater fitness, fine. But, but acknowledge that you want it. Acknowledge that is something that you are dying to get. And then you can say, I don't want to deaden that anymore. I don't want that to go away. I want that hunger to stay because that's going to get me off my freaking ass to get it done. No matter what, I'm going to find a way to get this done. It's okay for you guys to feel a little hungry in your lives. Bring that back in. The world is, de is designed that at the moment that we feel hungry, literally and figuratively, we can deaden that. We can make the hunger go away right away. We can turn on a movie. We can drink a few beers. We can eat light box food. We can do a line of cocaine. We can take freaking Tums. We can make that hunger go away, that little bit of discomfort go away at the flick of a switch. Well, I want you guys to understand and come back here every week to understand that that is antithetical to the work that you do as a small stepper. That is the very thing that will keep you in the situation you are in if you don't want to be in it, is, is deadening those feelings. Those feelings are there for a reason. They are there because there's a drive and a strength in you that I want you to get in touch with more and more each week. Not overnight because it's kind of crazy if you let all that stuff come flooding in. But if you start to just understand and just make yourself a little bit hungry in your lives and acknowledge that and don't try to deaden it right away. Feel it for a little while before you 
before you deaden it. And I'm not saying not to deaden it, okay? I'm just saying delay it just a little bit more over time to extend it a little bit more over time and see, see what fills in when you're just feeling it. See what comes into your brain, into your mind. See about the ideas that come into you when you're in this place of hunger and you're you're in the now, like I said, you're present because you're feeling this thing and you just don't satisfy it just, just for 10 minutes for now if that's, all that, 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 if, that's, if that's what works for you. 10, 15 minutes, kick that down, delay the gratification just, just a little bit. See what fills in. Amazing stuff happens in those spaces, you guys. Amazing stuff happens in those spaces. That's when you have the idea of the life you want to live. That's the idea. That's when all the ideas of the things that you want to do, that's when those things come in. Living with that discomfort, being okay with that struggle, that's the deal. I want my kids, I want you guys, I want everybody to understand and not try to make that stuff go away, but go, you can do amazing stuff even though it's not always easy and you're not set up and everything's not perfectly in place because it's never going to be, but that doesn't have to stop you from doing cool stuff in your life ever, ever. Dig? All right. All right. That's, that's, That's what I've got to say. You guys are awesome, uh, and thank you very much for everybody's support. I do feel funny like every week going, thanks for donating. Please donate. I'm asking you to support me. I'm, it's a weird thing for me, 199 episodes. I'm still not comfortable with it. I'm saying I'm asking you to support me in what I do here. If you find this work of value, throw me a few bucks a month. Literally, a few bucks a month is huge, and you guys, many of you do it, and I really appreciate it. So if you think like, this is kind of cool, I want to support it, like I pay DirecTV 75 bucks a month, I'll give Sid a couple dollars a month. That's amazing to me. If not, if you can leave a review, because it does help on my book or my podcast, incredible stuff. Otherwise, word of mouth, just tell a friend to listen to the podcast, okay? It's incredible. There you go. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. All right, you guys. You guys are doing a great Email podcast at sidgarzahillman.com. That's podcast at sidgarzahillman.com. If you have any comments or questions, feel for stories because you know I love the small step stories. I've been remiss in my emails. I've been very busy with the book and everything else. I will respond. If you haven't gotten it, you're going to get it. I promise. I've got them in the queue. I just want to have enough time to sort of answer them with thought and and care. I don't want to go like, hey, thanks. Um, All right, you guys. Until next week, uh, think, think. In your lives, moments, dig. And also one more thing. Oh, one more quick thing. If you could write this down, get a pen unless you're in the car. Uh, Be well. She kept saying, Don't anchor me down It is not your place To anchor me down Keep myself sane, but my